Sometimes you were live. Hello, and welcome back to Neighbor's Wisdom, a Zelda podcast. Sometimes, most of the time. I'm your as host. Yeah, as of now. I'm your host, Luke. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we say hi? No, well, I mean, yeah, but there's a car. Oh, uh, that's okay. I'm not cutting that out. I'm not cutting that out. Yeah, this is real. This is real real. So I'm I'm your host Luke with my co-host Ange and Janet. Ange and Janet Hello. say hi. Look at that, hi. they already know. And before we get into what we gotta get in today, we have some we have some housekeeping. Oh. First things first. <clears throat> Thank you to um what was it? Feedspot. Feeds blog.feedspot.com mm. recently. They have they released a list as of May eighth, twenty twenty one. The top twenty five Legend of Zelda podcast you must follow, and you know you're scrolling through. You see, you know, you're seeing who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. Uh, who's who's uh who's on here? Number fourteen, Book of Medora, great podcast, right, Ange? We love them. Yeah. And who's that? Number 16, Nehru's Wisdom of the Top 25 Legend of Zelda podcast that you must follow in the year 2021. That's right. That's us, baby. We did it. We made it. Mom, I hope you're proud of me. It's already been put on my resume. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I'll, I'll just take it out of mind then. But anyway, thank you, Feedspot. We appreciate it. This is, uh, this is, this is unbelievable, you know? It's unbelievable. And let me just let me just shout out. Shout out to the to the emails I got. Uh, you know, I checked them a little late. Shout out to we have our we have our usual our usual friend, the Zelda Nerd, who a while back was excited for season two. And we had our friend Tofu telling us they were very excited about playing Ocarina of Time alongside us. And Tofu, I have some bad news for you. I know you're excited to play alongside us, but my experience with the Wii U Virtual Console, those controls have fucking driven me to my wit's end. It is, it is, um, it is unbelievable. Anyway, last we left off, where were we? Where were we, guys? Uh, we were outside yeah. with Impa. Yeah. That's right. We were, we were free to go roam the world, and. It's not, it's not like kind of open world. Like it's not a Breath of the Wild level open world, right? But you can sort of do some things out of order. Like the way I, the way I literally just did it was, uh, I went to Goron City, uh, Zora's Domain, and then Lon Lon Ranch. Mm-hmm. But I know Janet in your notes, you have Lon Lon Ranch first. So I'm assuming you went there first. Yes, I did. I got all the little tasks done. You did? Mm-hmm. All right, then. Perfect. Tell us about it. Guide us through. Well, after meeting Impa, I thought just to get all the little side quests out of the way or the ones you can't complete. Um, so I headed over over to Lon Lon Ranch first to meet Madeline and learn Epona's song. Um, I know you don't need it yet. I don't think. I think you need the song. I'm not sure for the feature because I know you can't do anything with Epona yet. Or, Yeah. So it was a quick little visit. Um, she, um, it takes a little getting used to Pona. You have to 
call she teaches you the song you meet Epona it's very very cute calls you a little fairy boy which I love and um she thanks you for finding her dad at the castle asking if you saw the princess and just doing a little chit chat with her um and she tells you um that her mother composed a song and told Link let's sing together and um, and just and just like the third grade, Link whips out his like plastic wooden recorder yeah. and starts right. tooting on it. And then you learn a Pona song, and um, and then a Pona like runs over to you, and you guys are like buddies. Oh jeez, so much foreshadowing! Yeah, you guys are besties. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you head over to uh, one of the buildings, and you meet. Uh, uh, Talon Malin's dad. Again. This mother. Let me tell you something. I was oh, fucking. <laughs> I was fucking not surprised, but still, was still shocked to see this dude still fucking sleeping after what we what we just encountered with him. I know. He's a busy guy. He runs a farm. Is he? Is he? He's just fucking sleeps Maybe. a lot. Mm, what is that? I what's that fucking? What's, what's that thing called? Uh, or fucking uh, the words the words escape me is the uh, narcolepsy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's narcoleptic, yeah. right? Like, is that canon? It has to be. Maybe. Probably. I mean, he fell um, asleep outside the castle. Like, who? that's not... It wasn't comfortable. No. He also has, like, one horse and, like, two cows and a bunch of chickens. I thought he had, like, hello horses on the Were ranch. There like, there's like, a few, yeah. Like, where, uh, where Malin is. There's, like, a handful. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a good at least two, you know? Right. And um, he offers to play a little mini game and you have to find uh, three special cuckoos under 30 seconds, which is pretty easy. You just look at where the chickens end up landing in the room. Happens like you finish it within 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Easy. Yes. Yeah. That's totally yeah, how I did it. <laughs> yeah. And um, once you complete it, he asks, would you like to marry Malin? And you say yes or no. And I said yes. I said no. My heart yeah, goes out to Zelda. No. Because uh, you guys aren't uh, you guys aren't horse girls, huh? I'm. I'm. I, I am a horse girl. And I'm what? not into horse. <laughs> I am a proud horse girl. So no, clearly, we have some contention in this podcast. <laughs> if there's not another episode after this, just know that there is nuclear got, fallout, and I got I caught got, in the middle of it. Yeah. It's okay, Janet and I. Make up for it because we're both Pisces. Yeah. We're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're telling me... And, Andrew's a city girl. <laughs> oh my god. I'm a horse girl. And our birthdays are just a day apart. Yeah, exactly. I didn't um, know this was the um, Angie <laughs> Janet podcast. A podcast about Angie Janet. But... Are you not entertained? No. Yeah. Oh god. All right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, let's, let's to, be, to, the milk. to be fair, <laughs> the milk, relax. All right. To be fair, I know <laughs> you, the viewers don't. So, you know, like, it's not exciting to me. Like, I know right. you guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at, at the end of this, you get, re- you get rewarded some nice milky oh, that, uh, <laughs> that for some reason, uh, Talon was just carrying it in his pocket. Pocket milk. It's probably warm, right? Oh Oh, god. Oh Oh, shit. Okay. So that's that's all we have to do there, right? For now. 
So we we drank our like spoiled milk. What was that? Uh, you know the episode of SpongeBob when it, like Patrick's or someone's drinking the spoiled milk and it comes out like real chunky and solid. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. It looked like know that one. It looks like cheese. Cottage cheese. Yeah. So so we drank our cottage cheese pocket milk. <laughs> Straight from the over, straight from the overalls of the big man himself, and then we make our way straight to Kakarot. Oh God, <laughs> Janet, please, you. What? I, I are you kidding me? Straight from the udders. Utter. What? I thought I jokes and I can't. I thought that with Dylan not here, we we could be clean and we wouldn't have to censor uh, things. Man. And I'm gonna have to. No, we're we're Is a family. Is it a bad word? We're okay. family friendly. Look, Duly noted. We we were we're family friendly podcast. We don't talk about milking things in udders right. of of all people. Right. It's natural, but all right. Oh. So Is it? Anyway, anyway, I cac- think so. Cac- anyway. Janet, Janet, I'm about to kick you out. I'm about to kick oh you out of this podcast. God. Anyway, Kakariko Village. It is um, it's a. You know, it's 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 one of it's one of the Kakariko villages. I wouldn't say it's one of the nicer ones. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this town is a fucking is a goofball, right? Hmm. And then the fucking the chicken quest, the cuckoo quest with the the little lady that uh, lost all her cuckoos. And oh, I wanted to say that the workers in the town reminded me of the um of the pirate crew from castle in the sky <laughs> i don't know why they're just really goofy How, did you notice one of the one of the designs of the workers it resembles someone you know oh really yeah uh hudson i forget i forget which oh. of the which of the carpenters is literally hudson yeah interesting it does look like them um i think i think the they have the same um same colors Mm-hmm. Except these guys are all complaining about their job or their boss. Um, yeah, you know what Hudson doesn't do? He doesn't complain, and yeah. he follows tradition. Mm-hmm. He has big dreams. OMG! What if they're descendants? Could we like a? Uh, this is like maybe this would be ten thousand plus years of and of like lineage we're looking at here, mm-hmm. yeah. and and those genes are so strong that the big ass fucking hair i don't know if he just has a lot of hair if it's all forehead underneath but gen that that generations of that those genes Mm -hmm. were so strong that it stayed for over ten thousand years wow isn't that impressive yeah you love to see it (laughs) there's a lot to do in kakariko village and at the same time not a lot to do impa's house is cool because i think she tells you that it used to be a sheikah town and I think, as of what I understand, she is the only Sheikah left, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's it's the town is now Kakariko is now open to the public, but it's not the people we meet are not Sheikah. Doesn't she have a cow in her? In her? Yeah, she yeah. does with a heart container inside. Fucking oh my god, cow captivity, animal captivity. Let me tell you something. I've uh, I've looked. I've learned a lot about animals kept in captivity lately, and it's uh, oh my god, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm I'm super I'm super all over the place today. It's because of Nim Chimsky. I'm still thinking about him. All right, we're not doing this. <laughs> oh my god. 
But it looks like the cow's like literally in captivity. Like it looked like a jail sale. For it is. It, it doesn't. Yeah. Look, it doesn't look like comforting at all. Like, what did uh -oh. this cow do? What crimes? <laughs> like tax evasion, fraud, <laughs> identity theft, Jeez. murder, homicide. Maybe. Homicide. It's the only. <laughs> it's the only cow in Kakarika Village. This is true. Um, so I, yeah, maybe. Had I don't separated see. See, I don't know if we're supposed to interpret it as like a like a struggling kind of small town, or if we're supposed to use the imagination of you know, in addition to the Nintendo sixty four's power, and assume it to be like a thriving place. But it seems pretty like worn down, beaten down. Yeah, it's pretty lackluster. Yeah, a lot of dry. House of Skulchila is like it just also brings down the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't family who's been cursed somehow that's been turned into spiders. Do we assume yeah. it's by Ganon or Ganon's forces? Because otherwise, as of now, Kakariko Village is fairly untouched. Maybe it kind of seems like it's been a while though, considering like the state of the house. So I'm kind this of thinking true. it was uh, something I else. We, yeah, we haven't gotten to a certain part in the game, but it could have been some you know, witches or villains before. Again. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I think I see where you're going. The only, the only reason I would, um, I would wonder if it's Ganon because in the dungeons we've done so far, and we will have done by the end of this, you know, uh, inside the Deku tree, Jabu Jabu's belly and, uh, uh, the Dango the Cavern, there's all Skulltulas there, and we know Ganondorf is the one that's been causing this. So that's that's yeah. the only uh, connection I can sort of mm -hmm. come up with as of now. But uh, yeah. my understanding of the Ocarina of Time lore is not as vast as, let's say, Breath of the Wild, but also because, mm -hmm. one, I'm more familiar with Breath of the Wild. Two, a lot of... You know, it's. I also just think of it as like the limitations of the time. Like, who knows? Yeah, I think there's a lot of open ends to the game or to the plot. Um, Can I ask a question? Up to, up, up to interpretation. Is yeah. that your question? Uh, no, I have to. Oh, okay. Well, I guess a follow up to. Can I ask a question? Um, do I didn't know that the Skullchillers had anything to do with Ganon. Is this something that we learn like? ahead of time or is it like implied i don't i again i don't think there's any connection but the only thing i see is like oh they're in the dungeons mm -hmm. and you know that of course you know that of yeah. course how the game is it's a mechanical function but obviously looking then at that it's like is this uh ganon ganondorf related because ganondorf is the one that has caused the three dungeons we will have done by then this podcast by then this episode so right. far so that's that's what I'm thinking, but otherwise I'm not really sure. It seems oh, okay. it seems pretty separate from anything Ganon related from the whole game, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the vibe I got, but I just wanted to clarify. And the sculpture, the golden sculptures themselves are very interesting, because then too, it's like, is this like a side effect of the curse, or or are these like naturally occurring things? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
like like is skull is, is the golden sculptula another species of the regular sculptulas that we see or is this golden sculptula because like you know something happened and then this family got cursed right then somehow because of their curse appears all over hyrule all these golden sculptulas i don't even know why we're spending so much time on this i just thought it was i just really like it i thought it was fascinating yeah it's kind of creepy um kind of reminds me of twilight. <laughs> i need like a jar like uh like to put like a nickel every single time i mention twilight princess you only but, get three um... an episode i can't not this is mention one. it but it's like the pose in twilight princess um to help this one man who uh, was cursed to turn like into a golden statue because he was too greedy in life. And you, you mean King these... King Midas? King Midas? I have no idea. But um, you have to collect all these things to free this man who was cursed, and it just—I um, think it was just kind of the same idea um, taken from this game. I do uh, feel like, though, for me, Twilight Princess is Ocarina of Time too. You know. It does feel a lot like it, and the town looks like nearly identical. Which um, cac? Which Kakariko? Not old Kakariko, new Kakariko. Or the one actually, um, they both kind of have a lot of similarities. Um, I, in Twilight Princess, there is the Kakariko where everybody lives in, and then there's an abandoned one where the Sheikah were, um, I think, killed or driven away from, and it's just kind of deserted. Where just a bunch of cats live in Twilight Princess. But, Fucking um, feral cats. Yeah, I loved that part of the game. Oh my gosh. But um, um, in Ocarina of Time, I mean, it just looks a lot similar. Um, I mean, it's near. They're both near Death Mountain. Um, Ocarina of Time is like, uh, Kakariko is kind of the the point you have to go through to get to Death Mountain, and so is it's the same in um. Uh, Twilight Princess, where there is a that, few Goron in the city too. That is uh, true. I do. Um, I I don't know if these are the only two Kakarikos that are this close to Death Mountain because I know um, in the Link to the Past, Kakariko is not that is not that close. Mm-hmm. Or actually, there's not even a Death Mountain in in a Link to the Past from what I'm remembering. So then, by by association, Link Between Worlds is the same. We know Breath of the Wild's map is so big, so I guess Kakariko is like kind of close. Not really, but like not really. It's towards it. Yeah, it's if, towards it. If you were to divide the map into like four pieces, then exactly. Yeah, it would be yeah. it would be closer to that quadrant. You know, it's not yeah. like in Hebra, mm-hmm. but no. it's definitely not as close as it is here. Um, it's very different. Kakariko is very much more hydrated than um, <laughs> these Kakariko villages in Twilight Princess and Ocarina. Which Kakariko is your favorite? Breath of the Wild. I think good. it was... Yeah, that's the very... definitive one. Mm-hmm. This Kakariko is good, though. I, I really love the theme. Yeah, it's a little bit more light. I, I think Twilight Princess Kakariko is my least favorite, honestly. Um, that's two, by the way. Oh, no, <laughs> I still have a few left in me. Um, damn it. Um, 
Wait, I don't have to start getting my wallet out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Janet um, just bribes me with like coffee I, money every, every time she goes uh, over three. It's what I know best, other than Breath of the Wild. Um, and I know you guys covered the game already. I don't want to bring it up too much. But, um. oh, that's fine. Oh, okay. You guys just don't want to hear about my favorite game. Anyway. <laughs> oh my, what is happening? Um, but there's also uh, graveyards in both games. Um, yes. Tell well, actually, all three, too. Um, there's a graveyard in Breath of the Wild, uh, Ocarina of Time, and the other game. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. And, okay, uh, Janet, go off. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you're, you're doing a lot of buildup. I'm ready for it. Okay. And... When you visit Ocarina of Time's um, graveyard, uh, you're looking around. Um, there is a grave uh, keeper person. Uh, when I visit, he's like asleep or he's not out. Ah, uh, Dompe. Yeah, he's creepy. But um, hey, why is he creepy? Because he owns. Because he's graveyard. ugly. Because he's no, ugly. You fucking. He owns your you fucking son of a bitch. Did, I swear to God, oh. leave Dompe alone. He's a Okay, he's sweet. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, um, you know, just wandering around. I know there was a few things you can get from my knowledge of played it last time. And um, I know you could push the tombstones. So I'm getting a few rupees here and there. Um, falling down a few holes to get some more rupees. Um, um, and you get to the back of the graveyard and then there's these huge tombstones where they have the the royal family crest on them and i want to read the signs and um it says r.i.p here lies the souls of those who swore fetally to the royal family of hyrule the sheikah guardians of the royal family and founders of kakariko which watch over these spirits in their eternal slumber and i'm like all right i'm writing all this down and then it's like a huge jump scare where a ghost or it looks like a poe um from the other game and um (laughs) It jumps out and starts trying to kill you. And I got so scared because I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to kill a ghost? <laughs> it's a ghost. And uh, I hit it enough times and um, they introduce themselves. Uh, they, um, one of them says it was the Royal Composer Bros. It was Flat the Younger. He says, oh my gosh, you killed me. Unbelievable. I'm like, oh, wait, um, I'm a ghost sort of thing. And uh, you're not one of Ganondorf's men, are you? And basically tells his life story, introduces himself. Um, He served the royal family of Hyrule, and he has a brother, which is also the other grave, and basically does the same thing, where he scares you, tries to kill you, sort of thing. And um, he basically wants to teach you a song if you can get, get down into the royal family's grave. And once you're down there, it's creepy. This is where you get introduced to the re-dead, I think, um, which is, in my opinion, the scariest freaking monster in the game. Um, They are awful looking. They are more human-like than the actual main characters of the game. (laughs) It's like like literally a decaying corpse that stands on its own two feet. Um, They were the entire Discord server during finals week. That's what they were. Yeah. I don't like them. They're still the scariest mob, I feel like, to ever exist in freaking Zelda. 
and uh, mob. Did I say mob? I'm like monster. Yeah, so you call them mobs. mob. Mob M O B. Yeah. Oh. That's what they're called in uh, Minecraft. But oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Janet is completely not. like she didn't even have to get to three. Like that was it. Unhinged. <laughs> uh, <no>. Unhinged. <laughs> But honestly, oh though, when is when is when is Jen ever talked this much? You know, like I'll let it like, keep on going. <laughs> anyway, um, and then you see a bunch of human like skeletal remains just on the ground, and Navi could, starts. You know, you could Z target, and when you can, when you have that option, Navi usually flies to the place where you can, and it kind of gives you a signal that you could check it out and or examine it, and. You do that on one of the the human skulls on the ground, and then it's it says, "Shine light on the living dead. Those who break into the royal tomb will be obstructed by the lurkers in the dark." And I was like, "This is very dark, like very suddenly." Like I was just, yeah. The know, localization team was having a bad bad week when they came up with this. Yeah, um, and you have to go through this little. It's not a maze, but you have to work your way around the room to avoid these re-deads. And it's very hard unless you stick to the walls. But once you like make eye contact or something with them, it screams like a human screech. The scream and it is la- vile. And it latches onto you like full on legs off the ground, wrapped around your body, wrapped around your head. Jesus. And you cannot like you could hardly move. And it was the scariest shit ever. I was like, what is going on? It actually killed me at one point um, until I learned I just kind of faced the wall the entire time and go around the room. But once you get to the very end of the grave, um, you get to this podium and it says, this poem is dedicated to the memory of the dearly departed members of the royal family. The rising sun will eventually set. A newborn's life will fade from sun to moon, moon to sun, give peaceful rest to the living dead. And then you find the secret melody of the com- composer brothers and you learn the sun song, um, which you find out stuns the re-dead. And when you're on the surface, you could change the world to night and day, which is very convenient because I don't like running around at night and you can get into Hyrule Castle now um, when the gates are shut. So... Yeah, that was the um, my experience with Kakariko. Um, Are you forgetting a, cer- a certain uh, windmill? <laughs> uh, a certain windmill? Mm-hmm. With a question mark? With a certain song? A certain song oh, playing inside? Did I? I don't think I... We'll just, we'll just use it as foreshadowing because there's not much we can yeah, do there Yeah, the song of storm just playing in that room, but I didn't know what to do uh, yet. But let's talk about... The Composer Brothers, because it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot to unpack. Uh, I think it's Flat that says, you're one of Ganondorf's men, right? And uh, Ganondorf, Ganondorf killed him, is what I'm assuming, the way the way he phrases it. He would have been famous if that hateful Ganondorf had not, had not tried to steal our results. Which leads me to believe... If they're in this graveyard, right? They're Sheikah, and if they're if they're if they serve the royal family, that's another indication that they're Sheikah, right? Or mm-hmm. at least we could assume so. Right. And and sort of going yeah. off of that, 
Hold on. I'm hearing myself again. This is... Jenna, lawyer something. <laughs> You're something. All right, hello? Okay, that's hello? better. Cause I could I could hear myself I could hear myself uh my voice again through oh. your end, if that made sense. Yeah. Um and, and I you know my volume a bit. We gotta cut that shit out because they do not wanna hear they do not want to hear me twice, you know. We can't drive our audience away. I didn't hear you twice, but um I guess I was yeah, just foaming at the mouth. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The voices were acting up. But I think it's I think it's interesting that we can infer in some way that the composer brothers are Shika from the fact that they serve the royal family and they're in the Kakariko grave. And the fact that Ganondorf kills them leads to some interesting assumptions. Like, how old is Ganondorf? How recent was this? Because they're like full-on ghosty ghosts. Is this fairly recent? Impa doesn't mention anything to us. Not that she should, I guess. But maybe Impa wasn't the last Sheikah within the past however many years. But then again, we don't really know the lifespan of Gerudo and Ganondorf specifically, considering... Mm -hmm. Ganondorf has, you know, spoiler alert, a magical upbringing in some sense. You know, there is a, there is um, you know, his uh, his surrogate mothers. So, you know, who knows? Who knows how long Ganondorf's been alive? I always assume to, like, for a human's a human's lifespan, I always assume to be in like twenty five. You know, yeah. And then in Wind Waker, he's much older, like 50s, 60s, or however long. And then in Twilight Princess, isn't he? He was trapped for like centuries. So, or I, I think, yeah, centuries. Or he was trapped for a long time. <clears throat> mm -hmm. These are all the same Ganondorf, just different timelines. So I, I don't really know how how old Ganondorf is, which would infer a lot because these could be, you know, this could have been recent and maybe Impa wasn't the last Sheikah until within, let's say, like the past five to ten years of the game starting to now. Or maybe they're just from even further beyond than we're talking to their <clears throat> uh, talking to their ghosts that are like just old, like old ghosts, you know, like they've been here for a while already. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is interesting is the, the music they make and how it can fucking change literally the day. That is crazy. That's a mm -hmm. lot of power you're giving to a, to a um, 10 year old kid. Yeah, and they were researching um, the mystic powers of, like, the music, the composers, and Ganon tried stopping them, and that's why or Ganon was trying to steal their the power of their music, and that's how they died. But um, they did finish. It says, um, had Ganondorf not tried to steal our results, we could have let him reap the fruits of our research. That's why we gave our lives to protect the secret. And probably trying to get the song or the music that opens up um so they the, do are they responsible they for all the songs no but they are shika i'm sure they know quite a few they have to be right if there's yeah. if they're serving the royal family that's the biggest mm -hmm. indication and we know that the royal family of hyrule later on in the game and in other in other games they uh, the shika have done some uh, you know some bad things like they've been so research, you know, experiments 
like uh, just a bunch of shady stuff. You know, it's not they're not they're not as clean. You know, they have a lot of blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to I wonder like how they I wonder how they get the songs to have the power that they do versus the other songs we get from different people. Right. I don't know. Um, that's kind of open end in the game. Um, it's kind of left open ended, both in this game and in Majora's Mask, just yeah. like the Ocarina games. They say the, they keep it a very tight secret. Um, how much yeah. can we assume they're responsible for Zelda's lullaby? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I like well, no. to think of that as like a mom or info thing that comes from passed yeah. down from Zelda's. It's a lullaby. I think it's really cute with um like mother and daughter relationships. Well, well that's the thing, but the but the way we learn it could have been could have been created like you know, you could have the tune that is sent through the the matrilineal line and then mm-hmm. the tune the tune that the brothers are like, "Oh hey, this has been passed down. Let's do whatever weird Sheikah magic we can do in so that when the song is heard it activates things like Zora's domain opens up gates or whatever you know how it has that the the effect that it does Mm -hmm. i think it's um i think it's uh yeah i don't know what do you guys think and you've been fairly quiet i know my neighbors are being very loud (laughs) um what was your question it's like (laughs) what do you think of the whole storms or not storm uh like music all the musical components like like how i'm I'm pretty stuck and like interested on like how they get their they've been power. they've been pretty interesting to me because half of the songs that i've learned so far i don't think i can use yet and this is my first time playing through the game like i'm not anywhere for like farther than where we stopped for today so like i don't know how Epona's song kind of works. I don't really... I don't think I've used Saria's song yet either, even though I know it. Um, so I don't really know. I'm assuming they've just become of bigger importance after Link wakes up again, right? Yeah. It's a little interesting because a lot of the songs you learn aren't even Sheikah-related. Like Epona and Saria's song. The, although it's kind of weird how Saria's song, when you play it, it's kind of like a phone call um, right. between him and Saria. Epona that- makes sense because it's like a horse call. Like the horse gets used to it, you know, and responding to it. It's a little song, you know. Uh, it's funny because the, 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 the other ones kind of make more sense. Like mm-hmm. the, the last one makes sense because, you know, they're like forest spirits. There is a sense of like divinity power that, they could have right and mm-hmm. it's and it's her ocarina so they're you know i could see that working you know some magic way same like all the all the ones like the they have some sort of spiritual connection makes sense and then it's like it's like the the, the sun the, song is pretty ridiculous yeah it's almost like the brother ones yeah. are like art, artificial like like if Saria's is considered natural because she's a forest spirit, right? And she has that mm-hmm. magic power. It's almost like they're they're creating like an artificial magic because we know it seems to be a trend in most games that Sheik are very technologically advanced. Right. 
Yeah, the sun song is probably the weirdest. Like, does the earth turn uh, when he plays the song, or does right. time fast forward, or what? Um, or just, or just like, and just is, it, it, does that mean it ha- like happens consecutively when the earth turns, time moves forward, or that's weird. Or does or it just it, turn daytime? Or is it just maybe for Link's perception? <laughs> yeah. But Hyrule Castle has a good sense of time. I mean, once it turns day, the gates lower. It doesn't That's true. So it, does, it does have to affect the whole, the whole mm-hmm. world. So maybe it's Link moving through time. And if Link just, like, stood there for, like, a whole day playing this song, like, how do... If he just decided to choose violence one day and just play the song consistently, yeah, what like, would happen? Would no one age, or would they age rapidly? Like, it's just—it's a weird. It's, it's a weird. It's thing. interesting though because if we're, if we're talking about the Sheikah, you know, this as, when this game came out, this wasn't a esta- You know, highly as a character, the goddess of time wasn't established. I mean, mm-hmm. Zelda does mention the goddess of time in in a Majora's Mask, who I interpret to be. Hylia, you know, from like a, you know, looking forward perspective, like looking forward back. Mm-hmm. So maybe, so if they are Sheikah, they have, they inherently have a connection to Hylia, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they do have some time travel knowledge and that's why they can uh, use the songs the way they do. I think even too, and we haven't gotten the, actual ocarina the of time yet i think they in one of the historia books thing which you know i don't consider super canon like i feel like the most canon thing is like the text in the games themselves or just the games themselves Mm -hmm. but i think one thing they do mention which is interesting like regardless of whether it's canon or not which honestly doesn't matter too much but it's fun to talk about is i think the they say the ocarina was made from the time shift stones Ocarina of Time made from the Time Shift Stones and Skyward Sword, mm-hmm. and those are have like little pockets of time travel or like they can move just like little concentrated areas that can move through time, which is yeah. interesting. So I guess maybe in so they they do you know the Shiga do have a connection with Hylia and, and you know Goddess of Time time travel. So I don't know. I guess we could just leave it up to that. Yeah, we can't question it too much. It just is what it is at times. But they but, say Hylians uh, do have a source of like magical abilities. Um, somehow, same thing with Shika. That so. is, yeah, that is true. I think I just think it's really cool. That's like this one yeah. of my favorite parts of the game. Because mm-hmm. um, now, now we gotta we gotta hit the road. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, what's that guy playing the little phonograph with the with the little in the windmill you know we'll come we'll come back to you later oh and then there's the there's the the people are disgusting guy right yeah at if you show up to kakariko village at night there's a man um that sits under a tree very creepy when you you know target him or start to talk to him he looks slowly up at you instead of you know (laughs) the jittery you know motion characters usually make when you get their attention they just kind of snap their neck towards you this was a very slow animation where he looks up at you because I, I thought it was very creepy. Um, he says that everyone is disgusting, even his parents. And I'm like, what is the story? Um, I don't really remember. I didn't. I don't think I really looked into it. But I know it's a different person standing under the tree when it's the daytime. And um, Ooh. I maybe, think 
it, angsty it's either teen. His, it's either his, yeah, it's either a family member, like a dad or something, or the boss, which everybody, all the men that run around that city or that town talk about just working and or, or actually doing labor. I think they just talk about it more than they actually do anything. Yeah, like he's the boss. Good so for them. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the, he says people are disgusting. My own father and mother are disgusting. You must be disgusting too. And that's all he says. I guess he's just going through it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's I think the, the person who programmed that must have been going through it too. Huh? Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm going to create a little drama. I think I think we've exhausted Kakariko, okay. except yeah. for the doesn't the guard want want a mask for his uh for his kid or something? Um, well, anyway, to oh, keep yeah. going, you have to show the the letter, right? Then he's like, "Hey, kid, do me a favor. My uh my my boyo, I work I work long hours every shift, and uh I just want to get my son, my beautiful son. Let me get him a mask." What's it, the the Pikachu looking at the Keaton mask? I think yeah. I was digging through the depths of my brain for that one. <laughs> so then we have to hit the road. We showed the letter, and you know, place called Death Mountain. There's monsters. There's like avalanches, and they just see a kid with the letter, and they're like, "Yeah, good enough." I won't even like you know. The least I could do is possibly escort you because I am a. A, a guard, a soldier, knight of Hyrule, but no, I'll just let you go on your own. You look pretty capable, and it's like this. It's a like letter a signed by like Zelda. a fellow ten-year-old. <laughs> yeah, 10-year-old. it's like all scribbles, like, like written, written, a crayon, written in crayon, uh, like a, a bunch of spelling errors, juice there. stains. Like, of course. <laughs> I, I hate the path to the Goron City. Those little jumping things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because every time I see them, I want to beat them at their own game. So I do like the jump, the jump slash, and then sometimes I mistime it and I just land in front of them, and then like, then they jump and just knock me. I blame I blame the virtual console's jankiness. It's definitely not my own shortcomings. I'm, I think it's I'm, called a a t- a, a t-keet? Mm-hmm. A t-kite? I don't even know. Tiktite. Um, TikTok or something? TikTok? Yeah. TikTok. But they're annoying. Um, the entire way up to Death Mountain is just, it takes forever to get up. It really does. So you can, you gotta dodge some Gorons, you gotta dodge some rocks. Do we have to dodge some owls or no? Or is he, I think he's further up ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we dodge some owls and uh, we get into Goron City, right? And Goron City is in the middle of a food food crisis food shortage mm-hmm. and basically what the issue is is that ganondorf they get their food from dodongo's cavern and and that's another thing interesting dodongo's cavern is you know they say they eat rocks right from right. from Dodong, dodongo's cavern but dodongo's cavern is just like this the, the the skeleton or the remains of a giant dodongo so they eating rocks are like years like fossilized petrified meat mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's not. It could not. Wouldn't that run out? Rock. Lava, right? Yeah. True. There is lava in there. Very interesting. So Link, you know, the Gorons are starving. Link's looking for the big cheese of the Gorons, and there's that. There's that. 
there's the there's so much going on. There's like that giant vase at the yeah, bottom. Yeah. There's that one mm-hmm. Goron rolling around, and, it's, <laughs> and then they have like murals on the wall. Like, in, in, yeah. it's a it's a cool place to live in. It feels like a like one of those communes, you know. Everyone calls each other brother. Mm-hmm. The big brothers. The Gorons the, look crazy. The Gorons look like little bugs in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like really pulleys. Their colors like it's like a sickly yellow. Sickly. You know? They all have jaundice. You know? Oh my god. <laughs> Jenny, you're sick. Sorry. <laughs> so what do we have to do here? Janet, take it away. I'm forcing uh, you to talk. Uh, oh my god. Okay. Um, well, when I get there, all I could hear is the freaking pounding of this Goron rolling around the entire city. Oh. Pounding? And, oh. Uh, oh my god. It's just loud. It's just like banging on a wall, but he's rolling around. Um, and I was like, okay, how the hell do I stop this guy? And I read a sign. That apparently pre-written um, uh, that says, if you could stop my wild rolling, I might get something, you might get something great. And then his name is Hot Rodder Goron. So I think it's funny that he's like, one day he's like, like oh, I'm sla- so angry, slams, I'm going to write on a sign and have slams the sign to down. Me. Slams the sign down, writes on, he's like, one day Hylian's going to come into town and oh, that'll, <laughs> that'll be the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's just been rolling for months. It's just like a casual thing. Every time, like the shadow of someone coming to. through, he like his like eyes get wide and he gets like super hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just another Goron. Mm-hmm. And um, you talk to every Goron there, and they're all talking about the the food storage. It's like, oh, I'm so hungry. And um, the I think first one Goron, Goron says that he could eat the ruby. Right, he would eat the yeah. Yeah, and Jesus Christ, the the Goron's ruby is usually placed in the center of the city, and it's guarded by a Goron with and the center platform. That the only way to get to it is by rope, by bouncing on rope. Very hard to get to. I kept falling um, unless I actually take my time and decide to be patient to get go over there. I don't but, think you do. Um, I don't think you do be patient very often. No, not very, not, not a lot. Um, <laughs> and they're all like, they're all starving and they all want to eat that rock. So I assume that Darunia, the Goron leader, takes it into his office. And you have to find a way to get into his office and convince him to give you that ruby. Um, you later find out that it was stolen or it was stolen taken uh, down to dodongo's cavern they all can't get down there um and then there's a wait no he i thought he has it but he won't he give it to it. you right yeah yeah, yeah that's it um, he's like, go clear out the cavern and then i'll give it to you because he's insulted he's like really uh i really messenger is this little kid in tights his <laughs> link is just like staring with his beady uh-huh. eyes just <laughs> not speaking uh-huh. and um if you go on say, hey, it's dangerous for a little kid to come like you to come down here, you might fall. Um, and then basically that's funny. Then- that's, it's funny that they say that because they were right. Because when I walked in, the first thing I did was go too fast. I was too fast and too furious and I jumped. Oh, my Just God. Hit, hit the ground running. Too fast running. and too furious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 
he's talking to Link. So anyway, is there something you want to ask Big Brother about complicated things? If he's in a bad mood, he'll probably get mad at you. It could, it could be pretty scary, but I know his secret. May not look like the type, but Big Brother loves to dance. If he gets in the mood, oh, well, surely, I remember Big Brother used to always listen to the music that comes from the forest. Ah, oh, yes, the good old days. That music makes me feel nostalgic, too. If all the torches around here were lit, Goron City will really liven up. And basically all the Gorons say around the same thing. Um, they're very interested in where he's where the heck he's from um mm-hmm. they're either all hungry and or they're depressed or big brother's depressed like we need to liven up this place with some music or some fire i think it's know. interesting then while to note like from that that while daruni does have a relationship with the hyrulean royal family that not many other people come out here yeah. like it's it's fairly isolated and One of we- the gorons are is asking where he's from the forest what's a forest there's a lot of quote-unquote trees and plants right yeah yeah i'm more confused and it's um, fun it's cool it's it's interesting because i feel like in later games we get a lot of more like mingling and mixing up of the different races and Mm -hmm. and tribes and cultures in zelda like just like the zelda world but here it's everything feels very isolated and distinct Mm -hmm. like yeah, like it Ganondorf. Felt like that in Zora's domain too. Yeah, Ganondorf. The threat of like I don't know, like the civil war, the whatever previous war had been going on, is like just pushed everyone into their own corners, and they're just stuck there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem like a place a lot of people will survive coming up to Death Mountain. It's called Death Mountain. Um, that is true. So I would assume everything was isolated, and they probably can't eat most other places for rocks or um yeah if if they if they can only eat the dodanko rocks yeah um interesting but um they go all the gorons basically say darunia took this red stone away and he shut himself up in his room and won't come out since then everything's been so depressed and um basically say he's waiting for a messenger of the royal family and hey that's you um so you go up to the doors and whenever you're kind of stuck anywhere, not really know what to do, you play Zelda's lullaby. We walk in, the doors magic. bust open, and then yeah. Duny is like, he was probably sitting, stands up straight, expecting some, uh-huh. some someone to look at him in the eyes. <laughs> then realizes there's no one there, looks down, sees this kid in green with a silly pointy hat with fucking <laughs> these weird ass beady eyes, not saying anything. Yeah. And his little fairy's flying around, trying to trying to lay down the lowdown, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm. And then he gets furious, and he starts yeah. ranting, "What's going on?" And here's the part where you you have to play Saria's song, which, by the way, like is this is the most unintuitive fucking thing ever? Yeah, mm-hmm. like how the fuck am I supposed to know Saria's song? Like, yeah, yeah, Lost Woods is a, is a bop and a half. It's a it's a jam and a two, a jam and a tune. You know, like I love it, mm-hmm. but like, how am I supposed to know that he's gonna like it? And and you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. At this point, in my first playthrough, I had not gotten Saria's song yet. So I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then when I finally learned, I had to go all the way. I'm, you, were str- you were streaming that. I remember you. I had doing to go. That. Well, th- well, that's the thing I was gonna get. I had to go all the way back in my first playthrough, and then I ended up doing the same shit again in my second playthrough when I was streaming it. Mm-hmm. 
just completely forgot. So I went all the way to Saria, and I'm like pissed off, and she's like happy to see me. I'm like, give me the fucking song. <laughs> and I went all the way back, and I played this hot beat for him, and he goes berserk. Crazy. Yeah, it and actually- it's like two minutes. Unhinged, yeah. two-minute cutscene of this man spinning, yeah, very long time. grinding, twerking, fucking having the time of his life. I was kind of – like at first I was like, this is kind of long. Then by the end it was so long that I was just happy for him that he had been going through it. And – um. I don't know if this helps you at all, but in the dungeon, there are shortcuts in both dungeons, Zora's Dungeon yeah. and this one. There are shortcuts to the Lost Woods, I think, for specifically that reason. So you don't. There's have to definitely one in, in Goron City. Yeah. Yeah. You could hear it when you're near the entrance. It's covered well, by rocks. And- well, the well, oh, well the wait, thing is, in 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 my case, I couldn't I couldn't get it, the shortcut because you have to get sorry a song to get. The the bracelet, the bracelet to, the bracelet to pull the bonfires exactly. See, yeah. so after his little I, I spiel, after his little spiel, he gives you what? It's like the power bracelet, or what? I forget what the actual name is for it. Um, it is, I I just call it the power bracelet for what I know. It's just the Goron's bracelet. Is it? Well, yeah. I know in, in the other game the. Different games, time power bracelet, whatever. Well, that's essentially what it does. It gives Link like extra strength, so now he can start pulling bomb flowers. He can play basketball in that weird spinning vase. He can open the shortcut, and then now he can fucking clap cheeks in the Dongo's cavern, which is exactly where we're going now. You know how Link is. He's very straight to the point. He's like, "What? My sweet little baby boys, my little my little rock boys can't eat. That's it. That's it." Navi, get your shoes. We're going. Puts on his little boots. Starts starts walking out very sternly. He's going to go talk to the manager of the Dango's Cavern. Yeah. And when we get there, you have to you have to like pull the bomb flower and like blow up the rock right to get in. And then you do a little little um, you know, little link jutsu. <laughs> then you you crack you crack the code. And you pull up and get in. And the Dongo's Cavern. Um, my my initial thoughts: the Dongo's Cavern. I think it's pretty sick. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's cool. It's simple. I like the Lizalfos. That's what they were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In regards to design, I think it's very straightforward. Yeah. But also fun. I like think not- it was. Like nothing too crazy. I wouldn't really even go over this dungeon in depth because I only took three small bullet points for this dungeon. <laughs> hit, hit me with it. Hit me. Hit first me with one, it. first time fighting Lizalfos, which I loved. Second one, it, which was like a second bullet point to that. I think they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Third one, King Dodongo, pretty easy boss fight in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. The whole boss fight seems very straightforward. Um, The design, I enjoy the design for it being... It's not full-on challenging from the first dungeon, but it it does feel like a a next step. Yeah. I think the the great Deku Tree, like, in my opinion, you go into it without knowing that it is a dungeon, right? So, like, this is the first one that you're going into, like, intentionally knowing that's, what's it's, gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, it's not difficult, but the atmosphere. Yeah, it's a different The atmosphere vibe. feels cool. Like, like the, how you have to hit the two eyes to get to the boss fight at the end. That's, all, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I, there's nothing that, like, 
Oh yeah, let's talk about this part of the dungeon because it blew me away. Yeah, no. Like the part with the bomb flowers is cool. The mini boss fight with those uh like stone things is kind of annoying. Um Wii U virtual console again, shooting the eyes with the fucking slingshot is driving me to my wits end because the sensitivity of the stick is abysmal. Those la- like, laser things, like the ones with the eyes. I like them. I don't. Really? I don't know. I Something literally about them. have a mouth and teeth. Whoa. I think they're gross. <laughs> it's just an eyeball that shoots lasers with teeth that don't even need to be there. Sorry they don't live up to your beauty standards, Janet. I, uh, not Sorry they're not gorgeous enough I for you. I just think it was unnecessary, but they are creepy. I think they got that point across. I think they're cool. The little dodongos that blow the fuck up are ridiculously <laughs> yeah, annoying. like little leeches. The Lazafos AI is <laughs> laughably easy. Yeah. yeah. You get the you get the bomb bag. And that's it's very straightforward. And then I think and then I think I more enjoyed the dungeon for, for like I guess the lore aspect. Like this is the giant skeleton of a giant Dodongo. And this is the rocks that Goron's eat. So it's not like sure it's petrified and I guess become rock, like fossilized over time. But it's not entirely rock. Mm-hmm. So maybe Gorons aren't entirely rocks themselves if they have to eat, or at least these Gorons, if they have to eat, you know, Is this specific. It's not cannibalism because rocks. See, while Gorons are rocks, they're also not rocks because rocks aren't living things, you know? Yeah, but what's the Dongo? The Dongo's like a reptile. I don't think. I don't think, think Gorons are. Would, what? Like, I don't think Gorons would be too far from like the evolution sort of tree. Um, what? From the don. I don't. That's just my opinion. I don't that know much about the taxonomy of Gorons, but they seem. I do not get reptilian rock like things. I don't know. It's are just, reptiles to you? It's just an idea. I mean. They kind of look like it. All right, I know. I know. I called them. I know. I said that they were sickly yellow, but I don't know if that means. I mean, they have like a shell, like a turtle sort of thing. You know, they have hard backs. You know, they're like really pulleys. I wouldn't call them human. They live in the same area. So if they are, are they like? Are they by? They're bipedal. It's not. It wouldn't. It still wouldn't be cannibalism because. The other end of the spectrum no, is not. Uh, yeah, it's not cannibalism, but I would just say, like, you know, their species are, I feel like, are very similar or might be. I don't know. It's just yeah. an idea. Hey, I'm down for any theories. <laughs> I, th- I, it's interesting, but I would say, like, any, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Huh. I'm going to be stuck on this after we finish recording. Damn you, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All right. Yeah, but these, these ideas as I go. Um, the the Lazafos AI is laughably easy. But yeah. The, yeah they, wild. they have there is an exact level where you fight two Lazafos in Skyward Sword, and um, I don't know. I think it's called like I don't know what dungeon it's called like a fire dungeon. I think pretty simple, but um, like the setup and everything is exactly the same in this game, and then and in Twilight Princess. Um, Look at like, Janet. Oh, like it's like is this? That's three. Like is this that? <laughs> and I co- 
stop please uh, i was just thinking like is it that iconic of like a fight to fight two lasalfos at the same time in a room full of lava and like a circular room full of lava i mean um, regardless of how iconic it is we all know the zelda series is one that does love constant callbacks and references to previous games it's fun. I like both it. in both in mechanics story and like appearance and design that's what i love playing these games i'm like oh my god it's just like that one time wait this seems familiar Janet loves playing these games. She has to learn nothing new. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am a simple person. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. God. And then we get the bomb bag, I think. Um, we do. Yeah. I love the AI of the Lizalfos. How sometimes they get stuck. How they wait. They're like, oh, fuck. It's a little kid with the sword. What are we going to do? Hmm. Let's yeah. let's let's like take turns. Stance, <laughs> let's like, take turns hitting him. And they just um, fucking die. You know what's funny? I'm I'm actually let me just say, Ocarina Time is mentioned in Breath of the Wild as part of the history. I am so proud of the Lizalfos for how far they've come because they are much more threatening, menacing, yeah. and smart in Breath of the Wild. They had humble beginnings in Ocarina Time, but like they've you evolved. did it, yeah. you did it, you oh, guys evolved, evolved because of one little boy. <laughs> all you need is Ridgeland Tower as proof. That is true. Yeah. So you oh know what? God. Shout out to you, Lizalfos. You guys made it. Mm-hmm. I give you the That's most. That's why Im- I was so happy to see them in the game. Most improved award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then what happens after? Oh, the, yeah. We have to talk about the boss fight. Oopsies. But oh, that's so I mean, easy. The in- look. The coolest thing about the boss fight is the subtitles. I love the subtitles in the game. King Dodongo, Infernal Dinosaur. It's cool. Yeah. It's a good adjective. It's all it's all it's all fun. It's all good stuff. But besides that, the like this motherfucker's just spinning in circles or squares. And there's like the little ledge where you can stay, so you don't even have to move. And then you get him to stop and you just throw a bomb in his mouth, he eats it and combusts. Im- no, implodes, because it's from the inside out. And that's it. That's literally it. And then you don't actually even kill him because once his stomach is full of bombs, he ends up rolling into the lava. Then the lava just de-lavifies itself or it cools somehow. I always have a little sympathy for the monsters, like the bosses in these games. Um, I mean, most of the time, they're not even creating that huge of a problem. Um, this, this one in particular, yes. Uh, Hello? Um, you're telling me a parasite that kills the okay. the, the deity protector of the forest. Sometimes this is the More only so these, in the game I cannot mention. Um, this is not the Twilight Princess podcast, okay. Janet. Oh, I sometimes I feel bad. You know, they just okay. they just are born right. and evolved in like this place. They can't help it, and then you need to stop yelling. Know. You need to relax. You need to take a deep breath because. This is not the Twilight Princess podcast. There's no need to feel bad for the for the monsters here. They're pretty bad. They just they they kill. They infect. They're parasitic. They cause stomach issues. They make people hangry. All things I hate. Okay. Okay. You can you can let it go. I will, I will give up. You don't have you don't have to feel bad for these ones. They're not. They're just objectively bad. I, I mean, unless you don't they're think, just, you know. They're just born into a bad situation. All right. Um, uh, so once the boss fight is done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
You go back to Durania. He gives you Goron's ruby. Yo. And now that you have the bomb bag, you can go further up the trail, right? You sound like you don't know where we're going. (laughs) Me? I know. Uh, I mean... I just don't know the order in which because you go to you can go to the Great Fairy Fountain after. That's what I did next, and I never went somewhere so fast, like so excitedly. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I got my shoes, I put my satchel on, got my sword. I'm like Navi, pulling her by her wings. I'm like, we gotta go, we gotta go here, Navi, please, please. We <laughs> breathing heavy, Navi. We have to see, we have to go. <laughs> and unfortunately, the tweet forever. Yeah, like the stairs that go up, you have to bomb um, a bunch of rocks to get on the platforms that lead you up there. It took forever, and by the time I did, all the time when I went up there, I was already out of bombs, and I couldn't get to the ferry, so I had to go all the way back uh, down through the volcanic eruption. Hello. And you're either the person that just runs through it and accepts fate and just lets the the rocks hit you, or you stop and pause and guard yourself with a shield on the way down so you don't lose any hearts. I run through it because I am not patient. Uh, I just let whatever happens hits me. Um, because yeah. of your your lack of patience, you then yes. ended up taking longer. No, I just got hit. But I you, said, go- you said you went all the way up and back down. Yeah, because I didn't have bombs. Well, maybe, if you were, maybe if you were patient, you would have realized. <sighs> maybe. You know what? Maybe you got me. There. <laughs> oh god! But do you guys see the cow in the hole? Yeah, the whole oh, cow. Like I love, that. I love underground cows. That's something I stumble upon all the time. Love them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Love, love my whole cows. Oh yeah, in the valley in California, they're everywhere. What? <laughs> <laughs> that nice plug for Cali. Cows everywhere. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Pretty normal. Um. It was just funny because you could hear the cow from like outside the hole. I got so confused at first. Um, like, who put you down here? Um, what if it wanted to be there? Maybe. Actually, I'm not getting into this view. Great fairy. Holy <laughs> fuck. Right, right. Holy Sorry. fuck do I love and adore the great fairies in this game. This is probably my second favorite design after Breath of the Wild. I love everything about these great fairies. I love how fucking out there and like just flamboyant the just oh they're they're so good they're so fantastic in this game i i will admit it does look like when uh they do give you a little bit of boosty power it does look like the great fairy is peeing on you but you know maybe some people are into that i don't that. like that you said Stop. that that's what it looks like it's like little little tingle sprinkles oh my god i thought all right and I love the scream. I am I am obsessed. I love that sound. It's such I just I don't know. I love the laugh. I love the laugh. It's so throws me off guard. So fucking crazy. I love it. Mm-hmm. The great fairies are the like toxic girlfriend that you need in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Some crazy shit, dude. <laughs> fucking dressed, fucking dressed by vines, lives in like really like out like crazy places that are like the interior design is like fucking like insanely beautiful like if they if they remade ocarina of time right like remade mm-hmm. you know not like the 3ds where like just updated yeah. updated textures those those great fairy fountains would look sick as fuck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very cool design i just love everything about it the music the music is fantastic everything's good yeah no complaints i even love to how um 
it's such a nice change of pace in the game. Like they are such a, you know, they really do. I don't. I don't want to like. I don't want to sexualize them, but the great fairies always have like this like like innuendo sense. Like even in the other games, you know, they're always they always does feel like a little. Yeah, they're. I would call like attention, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're flirtatious. And it's it's a nice it's 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 fun, especially in this part of the game as being young Link. It's like when you were a kid, your favorite kid movie having an innuendo that you just laughed because you were a kid, but you didn't get yet. But when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh shit! <laughs> I just really like that. That's all. I'm, I did I did not mean to detract this on the Great Fairy for that long, but we get the spin attack, which you can already do, but now you get it with magic. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're feeling weary from battle. Come come back and see the Great Fairy of Power. So now we like go back we out. Luke's favorite character again. <laughs> Sorry, I think there's something stuck. <laughs> the owl. This fucking little asshole. This is this and is the thing, most... You know what kills me? What? The owl offers to like give you a lift down the mountain trail so you don't have to go on your own, and he leaves you on a roof. In Kakariko. He doesn't even leave you on the floor. He leaves you on the roof of a building. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> but that just kills me. He's like, yeah, let me help you out, but like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can sorry, I can only take you this far. This is the perfect example why people say, Well, why couldn't uh what was it? In Lord of the Rings, why couldn't the eagles just take the ring and drop it in the the volcano, right? Because this, why? Because here's the Ocarina of Time answers that question. The reference is lost on me, but I believe you. There's these giant birds, right? And I, I'm not even super familiar with Lord of the Rings. I just know these giant eagle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and... <laughs> And like that's the thing. I don't I don't know much I don't know I, I've I've never seen all the Lord of the Rings I just I just here? I just know about these eagles right uh-huh. and I know it's like a meme like okay they went on this long ass journey um, why 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 don't why don't they just get them to fly fly the ring into the volcano bada bing bada boom problem solved that's because when you do ask birds to do things like this owl who offers to help you little asshole only takes you like three quarters of the way and leaves you in an uncomfortable place. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know what? Fuck him. Fuck oh him God. for that. It's like a, yeah, it's like a the most annoying character in this game. The owl. And we let's talk about annoying characters real quick. I don't I don't get why people complain about Navi. I think she's cute. I, I love her cute. voice. I love how it sounds. I love her presence and Every time she Navi explains to me, I am never like, I'm never like, oh really? Yeah. It's just welcome. It's fun. So all you Navi haters, I'm gonna come fucking find you. All right, your fucking days are numbered. Right. Next time I see you talking shit on a fucking Zelda Reddit thread or a Zelda Dungeons Zelda Universe forum, your days are numbered. 
So after after we, we jump off a roof and break our kneecaps and as we hobble mm-hmm. out the way, well, <laughs> Navi's telling us to drink some milk so our, so our joints will be stronger so we won't be in danger next time. We are now have to go to the Zora's Domain and get the last spiritual stone. Mm-hmm. And Zora's Domain is like kind of right kind of right there like yeah <laughs> all these places are in, are in yeah. rather close yeah. proximity to each other they are and i you know i understand at the time it's a big map and you know i'm i'm gonna do janet a solid even in twilight princess zora's domain is like <laughs> completely way the fuck out there yeah compared to compared to where you need to go and you literally just follow the river which is which is fun i enjoy the cool design mechanic. yes because it's like It's a cool mechanic, and it's not like difficult, but it, it's nice because it's like okay, the Zora are fish persons, fish an aquatic race, follow the mm-hmm. water. Like it's it's just it's a good it's a good logic. I wouldn't even call it puzzle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, I just choked on water. <laughs> <laughs> Fitting. And and once you get there, Fitting, you see, yeah. there's like a little. Uh, like fence, some 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 flowers, a tree, and the weird like. I like how Jana called it. You said you call it a man baby, right? Baby man. Yeah. Threw me off. Tell me about that, Janet. Just Janet, looked like a man baby. Take it away. I like I like your exposition here and your the way you tell it. it's fucking goofy as hell, but in a nice way, enjoyable way. Okay, I just my bullet point just says a man baby eating and selling magic beans, and he's literally it looks like an old man, but he's like shaped like a baby, and he's sitting like a baby, sitting in front of this fence, and his legs are like spread, and he has this little um, bag of like magic beans, and he's like, "You want one?" And I'm like, "Sure." There's like a little place you could like plant your magic bean, and that's just the end of it. But it was just kind of strange. Um, Janet has never learned stranger danger and has succumbed to the wiles and deceits of I don't think Link man babies yeah. and you didn't have to buy them you didn't have to buy them I was just curious yeah uh-huh. that's that's how they get that's how they kidnap the kids plus my wallet is full so <laughs> that um, is true yeah <laughs> I, I am, I like, I'm stacked at this point yeah. like I need to spend some rupees that's li- remember last time I was like that's why I bought the Hylian shield because it's like I have so much money that I can't I don't know how to upgrade yet I don't even know if you can at this point that's the one thing I don't remember. It's all the sculpture, like when when I can upgrade things. I forget how many you need and stuff. And I'm just like, fuck it. Let me go crazy. Let me spend a little. Mm-hmm. So I bought the beans too. So I'm giving you shit, but I did buy the beans. Yeah. And, I, and I did plant the beans. Because mm-hmm. we last the last thing I had in my uh my pot was some ants, but uh, they weren't really helpful. So mm-hmm. I got the beans, planted the beans. Then I just like... I grabbed that chicken, that cuckoo, just because it was there. I didn't need her or anything. Just because it was there, and I grabbed it, and I made my way. I took it with me like up to like the entrance of Zora's domain. Yeah. <laughs> just, just I, I didn't want to be lonely, you know? Yeah, yeah I didn't know, you know if you needed to get uh, about, I think, two heart pieces mm-hmm. with the chicken. And if you take it hard, um, far enough, I think you can get three, but it's really hard to keep the chicken for that long. But yeah. Um, all the way up to the entrance of Zora's domain. Um, you have to play Zelda's lullaby to open up the waterfall and Yet jump again. over the gap into it. 
that's cool. I, it's I not really liked that. It's not cool it's, mechanically because it's very simple, but it's cool. Vi- it's a cool visual. Yeah, it reminded me of Barbie movies. Um, what? <laughs> like, oh my God. I, I don't think Luke really has experience of watching Barbie movies, but it's very cliche. Where it's like, well, okay, well, what the fuck is that supposed up- to be? Right. No, we're not. We're not doing this. Have you Keep watched- going, Janet. Okay. But Keep going, it's very Janet. like cliche. Like, oh, the secret melody opens up the waterfall and. You know, Jenny, you are on like, To find like Atlantis or where mermaids live, you know, that sort of thing. That's all I thought. That's I think I the thought. owl talks to us too at some point in the river. I I, I forgot to mention. It. I just blocked those parts out. Those parts have been completely like blocked out in my brain. Mm-hmm. But let's he not talk. Yeah, he just says you've gotten bigger and stronger, and up ahead, Zora's domain. Like, damn! Stop checking Basically. me out, you fucking pervert. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was that was uh, <laughs> that wasn't called for. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to help. He's trying his best. Actually, he's not trying his best. He could do a lot more. He knows you're a ten year old kid. It's the same. It's the same Rome boss for shit of like I could just tell you everything you need to know, but let but me I just won't. let me just I'll... speak cryptically. Yeah. Fucking yeah. asshole. So we get to Zora's domain, and there's a Zora like, "Yo, we're the Zoras. Want to watch me do a flip?" And he's like <laughs> <Literally>. swimming. <laughs> <laughs> swimming around like in, then... in in homecoming for spider-man right when he's a uh, he's like on the top of a building and someone from the bottom is like hey are you spider-man and tom holland's like yeah and the guy's like do a flip <laughs> and he yeah. does one on the top of the building you didn't get my reference Ange. is that what you were referring to no no think think a little harder Think about the last time we were at Azora's domain and someone was doing flips. Oh, I, I, yeah, I thought about that immediately. <laughs> Fucking side on. I wish my I wish... my little rant that I had <laughs> about how that was crazy. How much that bothered? I was like, "There's moments where this podcast is just audio, right? There's moments where you guys say things, like when Janet just went off about Barbie movies, where my my jaw drops a little, and I'm genuinely stunned." <laughs> Uh, I had to catch myself. I just and I, didn't and I understand. enjoy those moments. Oh, good. So I just didn't understand uh, how Sidon... He could have just taken you to Zora's domain. <laughs> there was no reason. Yeah. The owl could have taken us to Zora's domain, too. But you know what? Yeah, we, you know what? You can't, can make this can't, whole process faster and easier. I almost said we can't change the past, but that's... We can in this well, game a little bit, to an extent. Anyway, so we go to Zora's domain... And we talked to Lord Jabu Jabu, and he's like a non-Zora looking Zora. Looks like a frog. Yeah, yeah. It's, always, it's always it's always the big cheeses that got some little some little special design. Everyone else can look the same. I do like the design of the Zora in this game. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And and what what's his issue? He's like Rudo's uh, gone. Princess Rudo is missing, and Link's like, oh. Damn, that sucks. Anyway, he doesn't even he doesn't, yeah he doesn't ask for her to be found. He just says, "Oh, where is she gone? I'm so worried." And that's uh, that's it. And then and then Link and then Link's just like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's crazy." Okay. Leaves, goes yeah. talk to yeah. the Zora at the end, <laughs> like, "Hey, kid, want to play a game? I'll give you this dope ass scale where you can dive faster if you catch all these rupees." And Link's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, I guess I'll do it." The guy's like, "Cool," just throws him, throws him off the cliff, and like, "Go get him." Link mm-hmm. dives off. You get it's a it's a, I feel like this part of the game, if if the Goron arc 
dungeon was straightforward. This felt even more straightforward. This, it's a little this is, forced. This is as linear as it gets. Mm-hmm. You can die faster, and then you get it. You come back. He gives you the scale. You're like, oh, I can dive deeper now. Oh, what's this? I see like an underwater door. Let's go through. Oh, I go through. What's this? There's something underneath the water. Let me dive. And you get the message in a bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go back to Zora's domain. Uh, give it to ja- uh, not ja- ja- uh, King Zora. And he's like, OMG, Rudo's in stuck inside Lord Jabu Jabu. Wow, that's crazy. Hope someone could help her. Then just continues <laughs> to like keep sitting. And then looks like waiting. Um, when before, right after I got the message in a bottle and before I went to King Ruto or King Zora, um, I was looking around Lake Hylia exploring a bit. I ran into the owl and then found his perch. I was like, oh, I'm going to speak to him. Unasked without consent, swoops me up and takes me all the way back to Hyrule Field. <gasps> I was so upset. He's it didn't it like asked like hey do you want to go didn't even give me a chance to say yes or no and just took me there and it was made me so upset i that was like i done i stopped playing the game that day i didn't know that happened i'm not not trying to victim shame but you should have known better than if you (laughs) didn't need to to go see him him, to to go see him oh my god i thought he'd have something insightful to say since i found his home or whatever his perch you have a lot of high expectations is that bad i'm optimistic Anyway, <laughs> you can know. talk to the scarecrows too. Fishing pond, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing too interesting for me yet. Like nothing that. No, nothing whatever. you can really do that. Yeah, do right now. And it's funny you get the message in a bottle, and you end up getting passage to go see Lord Jabu Jabu, the patron deity of Zoras. And a few things. One, and everyone knows this. And Janet's impatient, so she probably fucking ripped her hair out. How slow he just scoots out the way. Oh, no, that killed me. Yeah. That that just cracks me up every time. I never <laughs> I'm never like pissed. I've never lose my mind. Yeah. I just it's such a good gag. It was so funny. It was a nice continuation of like Durania just dancing for two minutes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a nice like here's a here's a other this was but like at least Darunia can dances you know dances there's music it's just fucking him scooting yeah this is like yeah there's no sound immediately like as soon as you can and then just like takes his sweet time <laughs> he's like quick fairy boy show us the true <laughs> meaning of haste and then just takes yeah. it fucking and then when you do get to lord jabu jabu this is the patron deity of the zoras and they have this motherfucker in like sea world right enclosed in just fucking like sitting on this perch waiting for his next meal yeah it's pretty fucked up also another thing too which you know i guess i can just chalk it up to magic suspension this belief you know the inside of lord jabu jabu is a lot bigger than what he looks like on the outside maybe you get smaller when you go in who knows there's some magic who's it what's it but basically the way to a god's heart is through its stomach and you get a little fishy for Jabu Jabu and he fucking unhinges his goddamn jaw <laughs> and inhales you in with no no remorse for anything. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, you kind of go through, there's like electrical stuff you have to fight. That's kind of like the theme, like jellyfish, shocky, parasite eely things. And this is the vor part of the game. You know, shout out to... Uh, 
the people that enjoy vor i don't know where to go with that that's where i'm gonna leave it um (laughs) (laughs) and when you when you finally get again i feel like this dungeon i like more because it's less straightforward less linear than the goron one i feel yeah it's an actual puzzle i feel like on this one. yeah but also one thing i feel like makes it confusing which isn't like a intentional mechanic it's like everything looks the same so i always forget where i am yeah and i that's like um unintentional difficulty which i kind of don't enjoy as much mm-hmm. but when you finally do get to princess rudo she was like oh no i'm fine like i'm chilling i just came to get something right yeah, and, and then she you says, re- I come here all the time as a kid. And then you uh, realize, holy fuck, Ganondorf wrote this fake letter like some kind of fucking loser. And I really <laughs> take a minute to laugh, like, ha, Ganondorf, fucking loser, fake letter, ha, mm-hmm. message in a bottle, what are you, nerd? And when you meet Princess Rudo, she's got, she's got a lot of attitude. She's got a big personality. Mm-hmm. There's not enough space on the screen for both you and her, to be honest and what is what does she say she's like um <sighs> she's very stubborn for yeah something you know, she doesn't want link to save her yeah um, cracks me up i have no idea what you're talking about i never have written a letter uh never asked you to do something like that um my father's <laughs> worried about me i don't care uh I- <laughs> um She's like, uh, anyway, I can't go home right now. And you get out of here, understand? And then she falls. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like her a lot. She's yeah, one of one of the better characters so far. Mm-hmm. She's she doing she's very, doing her thing. She has probably the best, like the boldest personality or distinct personality, uh, in the so game. far. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. night. It's 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 a, it's the same thing with like the why like the great fairies. It's like mm-hmm. the subversion of your expectations of what characters are like because there is such a... Like Malin and Saria are good characters. You love them. Mm-hmm. But they have the same kind of like wholesome, sweet personality. And it's nice yeah. to have like... It's just nice to deviate from that. Mm-hmm. So it's not so monotonous. Especially yeah. with the key characters. It's good too. Yeah. And it's cool too how how you're on a mission. She is too. She's like... Like she know she knows, she knows something's wrong with Jabu Jabu. Like she's like, we gotta find out what the fuck is up. Mm-hmm. And then finally, she's like, "All right, fine. You're worried about me. Carry me, bitch." Yeah, she sits down too. <laughs> <laughs> and if you okay. and if you drop her, like accidentally drown her, she goes. She ends up going back to like the beginning. Cracks mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, me up. Uh, you coward, you know. <laughs> How inconsiderate. Yeah. If you're a man, act like one. Take responsibility. Yeah, Yelling at me. What were some what were some key moments of this dungeon? I just speed ran speed the ran this dungeon today. Was the most, well, um it was the part that stood out the most to me because I just thought it was fun. I love boomerangs and Zelda games are amazing. Mm-hmm. Just they they're they're always my favorite item. Yeah. It's honestly the one thing I remember the most. Yeah, other than the boss fight being insane. I like the mini boss fights in this game. Most of them are the the Octo one, the big Octo. Yeah. That one's really fun. It's, pre- it's pretty easy, though. No, I, yeah, the last one is just very erratic. 
The last one yeah, I yeah. felt like my only issue with it was, which is um, OMG, we're being so sloppy. We're not even named. So it's so <laughs> it's the first mini boss fighter, like the the phallic tentacle uvula things, parasite jellyfish things. I don't know. They're very weird. I forget. What, I don't even think they have names. I think a Navi says they're just like jelly, shocky, slimy thingies. Yeah, right. Three different parasites, you know, the blue, the green, and the red one. And it's like a pattern you have to use. You have to leave Ruto in the hallway so she could use her weight to sit on a pressure plate to open a door for you. I mean, it might as well if she's going to stay sitting, right? Yeah, might as well. She might as well help you out a bit. Um, (laughs) She wants to leave too. But um, it locks you in the door and it has you defeat the first parasite, which... um, it lets you get into the other rooms where you could do the same thing over and over again until and these and these fights are extremely easy easy it's just, yeah it's just keep moving in a circle throw the boomerang mm-hmm. the second boss fight i think or second mini boss fight i think it's a cool lead up where you're like holding rudel she's like oh there it is there's the the zora, the zora sapphire quick just throw <sighs> me up there and then you throw up and just and like usually i like how most of the cuts in this game usually things happen slow but this is the only one where like you throw her and then it just flies up yeah <laughs> oh what just happened yeah and you get right right into it, the big octo and you just throw the boomerang and poke him in the butt yep. <laughs> and you have to do i think it's three times right or if you're not like doing you know crazy attack moves you know you're not super efficient you're not going hard as hell it should take you about three times then the rest the rest of the dungeon after this is straightforward you know earlier you have to jump through like the intestine holes the vor holes and you know hop around do things get stuff go to different doors but then after this mini this uh, last mini boss fight it's fairly straightforward you just go through you find ruto and then it's the boss the final boss mm-hmm. the um bioelectric anemone baronade mm-hmm. that name is kind of dope as fuck yeah and this one was also really easy i actually find This this feels literally like a copy and paste of the Wind Waker boss fight at the um, the what's it called the whatever the Forbidden Forest. Remember, you have to fight more or less the same thing. Hit the tent, hit the tentacles. I yeah. think there's even less in this one. Watch out for electric shock. But what what's a nice like mix up? Which it's not hard, but it's a just a nice component for. I guess it doesn't. I guess it's to make it more difficult, but it ended up not being difficult. Just when when you do hit it, it disperses the big jellyfish that you have to hit as well. And once you get rid of all of them, then you can hit the like core, which kind of looks like a pomegranate with spikes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Very straightforward. Very, very easy. Um, I had a hard time with it actually. I couldn't <coughs> target that well. Even though, even though it's a lot easier in the 3ds like i my screen would just be going wild like i wouldn't i couldn't focus on what i needed to hit with my boomerang that's the thing it i took a while i um, feel like the mechanical shortcomings don't count as difficulty mm-hmm. and especially more so from 
for, I feel like from other like Zelda Zelda content creators, tubers, podcasters, whatever, most of them are fairly older. Like I feel like we're pretty young as far as as far as they go. Like, uh, what, Jenny? You're born two thousand one. I'm two thousand, mm-hmm. and you're ninety nine. Yes, sir. Zelda games have been out well by then and most of the people that play ocarina time that talk about it now are fairly older so like mm-hmm. when they play it they're like used to it but like we were born like well into the 3d like by the time we were playing games 3d yeah. was well well adjusted mm-hmm. where we don't really have to deal with the quirkiness of the and the kind of jankiness of the 3d mechanics especially how there's only one stick and now you're playing it on a you know emulator the virtual console or even on the 3ds we only have the one stick it does feel a bit unintuitive mm-hmm. but i wouldn't say it's that makes the boss fight itself difficult you know what i mean yeah so then after that you save princess rudo she just appears like in the little teleporty thing yeah you get your heart, and she has a lot of dialogue here. And you know what that means. Janet, take it away. Um, find <laughs> where she says all Uh-oh. this. You do take um, a lot of notes. No worries. Just take your time. Scroll um, through. Uh, shit. Where is it? Um, she... When she says... When you find the, when you find the stone, she... Um, well, yeah, before the boss fight, she gets thrown up. Um, she mentions <laughs> it's her mother's stone, and she was very upset when, you know, it was lost. And after the boss fight, she basically <laughs> ridicule- ridicules you how long you took. Um, she's like, you're useless. I was just lonely. That's all. And then just a little. And then it looks like her character goes in for a kiss. She got really, really close to Link. And... Then she just kind of compliments him, like very. That's slowly. what you think that was. I just thought it was like it. I don't know, like, like janky. I just, I, 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 don't know. I didn't think anything of it. That's funny. I just kind of thought she's like, oh no, my hero. But you know, she's like, you, uh, you look cool, cooler than I thought you would. Anyway, just a little. Um, I just kind of think of her as like a little kid, you know, not wanting to admit anything, but you know, trying to be grateful. But she, her ego is, you know. She's got too, too much pride. To she's, got, yeah. she's got a lot of pride. The Zora um, prideful people. She's like, well, anyway, you say me, so I guess I'll reward you. And she asks, what do you wish? And um, uh, you say, you know, I want that stone. Link's like, stone. give me that stone, please. She <laughs> fucking grabs her by the shoulders. Yeah. Give me the fucking was, spiritual stone. Was the options I want you or... Uh, was one of Whoa, okay, no, 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 no. See, right. now now this is like some fan fiction shit. No, I think it's, I want the stone or, no, nothing really. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and she gives you the sword. She says, you want the sword of sapphire, don't you? My mother gave this to me and I said I should only give it to the man who will be my husband. You might call it the Zora engagement ring. And then she's like, all right, I'll give you my most precious possession, the Zora sapphire. And then she says, don't tell my father. Congratulations, Link is fucking engaged. So yeah, much has was, happened. He was almost engaged to, you know, another Zora. That's true. Yeah, he could have he could have gotten engaged to Malin. He's a <laughs> he's a Casanova in this game. Holy smokes. And I thought this was funny because like the dialogue Link sees or 
is his thoughts. It says, her most precious possession? You don't know what she's talking about, but you finally collected all three spiritual stones. Go back to see Princess Zelda. Like, he doesn't really know what happened. Um, I, I mean, I can only assume that the concept of marriage does not exist, Yeah, I think, fairly reasonably within the Kokiri Forest. Yeah. Especially this, like, little feral 10-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's why that's why she has a Princess Ruta has a hard time admitting it. Not because he's just a Highland, because he's a feral child. Mm-hmm. But the fucking he just never blinks, right? So he's just like staring at her and she's like, like okay. Yeah, I get I get, uh, like ah oh, shit. I guess I can give it to you. And she's mm-hmm. hoping that he has a glow up by the time they get married. I also like the oh, this was my mother's thing, the because I always I always feel like there's just a parallel between Zora, Zora, like prince or princess, with the regent, and then uh, Zelda, mm-hmm. the Zeldas, and their her parental whatever. I just always feel like there's a, some some parallel there. Anytime you have this relationship, like same thing in Breath of the Wild. Um, I would even make a case in Twilight Princess. Um, I think that's it though. That's the only one where there's like a, uh, yeah, but no, I, I, I do like that. There's always parallels comparing, or at least how I take it that there's always parallels comparing, you know, the, the like Zelda and Zelda adjacent persons in the game. Yeah, so like for this, it's for, so for this, it's, you know, you have the Malin, the Zelda and the Ruto. Things you know, bo- all all of them have things passed down from their mother that are extremely helpful to you. Mm-hmm. But then, and all of them had different roles, and like you kind of see where they have similarities, differences. And it's just it's just cool to interpret and understand, and like see how they're different persons as well as similar struggles in their own contexts. Right. And so then, that's it. We get. We get the Zora Sapphire. We've collected all three. You go see now, King Zora, and he just basically no. Says, you don't. It. You don't. I didn't. You I didn't did talk it? to him. I did. I got. I got what I needed. Sure <laughs> like, I thought like, oh, he sure has to say something to me because I saved his daughter, and then he basically says, "Oh, appreciate it." Like that was it. Didn't you really know. Even... You know what we learned here today, Ange? What's up? Janet Janet doesn't know when to not go talk to people, especially the wrong people. <laughs> I wanna get Janet, I'm telling you right now, when you move here, oh no, that's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting. You can't, yeah, you can't be doing that. You can't be just going talking to people thinking they're gonna. I do don't. I don't. I like to know more about people, but I don't go out of my way. Janet talks to everyone. She's like very trusting oh, of strangers. God. She takes the bait. You know what I mean? She like, does. Yeah, you know. We're going to have to remember this. We'll keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys see me in two weeks. This oh, is God. true. Uh-huh. Um, Cursed. Okay. You- <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm busy that day. Gonna go get a. Uh, oh my uh, god! My my kidneys removed or something. <laughs> and then the next the next day will be your wisdom teeth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll I'll put them back in just to take them out. Actually, the next week, the next day will be your appendix. Like the mm-hmm. entire time she's here, like you're just gonna be busy. Oh, sorry, yeah. Janet. I gotta. Uh, 
ingrown wow. toenail that I got to <laughs> surgically <laughs> remove. Jesus. <laughs> but that's it. That's what we're going to leave it at. We're going to head to the Temple of Time in the next episode. A little cliffhanger here. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know what happens. The person, the person's listening right now, they know what happens. But we're just being a little, you know, a little... Uh, a little coy? Yeah. Oh, just being a little... <laughs> nah, yeah, now you guys have to get married. We yeah, already are. That's what I was saying at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, you were the one who were who was uh, constantly getting in the way of Janet and I bonding. Yeah. Then why don't you do it not on podcast time, huh? 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 Oh, huh? Please make up your mind. If we can't hide it from the viewers. Oh. Good thing they're listeners. All right, well, everyone. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> God. Thank you for listening to episode two of season two ocarina of time i hope you're enjoying it's been it's been pretty fun janet so far i love your notes i love the goofy things you bring to the podcast thank you thank you i don't love your inability to um you know realize when you shouldn't talk to strangers but we'll work on that Mm, okay we're we're always improving work on that in two weeks yeah all right i don't we don't have any questions to my knowledge we already talked about some comments we got earlier Mm -hmm. um you know follow us on instagram and neighbors wisdom podcast i already have the meme ready for this episode and i think i think it's a good one oh i'm yeah. i'm very proud of it um email us questions comments things you want to talk about we'll talk about at the end of each episode if you want if you feel so inclined at neighbors wisdom podcast at gmail.com Otherwise, thank you for listening. And oh, the music. Um, so I'm thinking just, just yeah, just the city themes. Yeah, uh, Goron, Goron City. Goron City. Goron then, city. Yeah, that's I think good. that's good. Perfect. Because while we did spend a lot of time talking about the Sun Song, Epona Song, I just feel like it's a. Uh, it's fitting. Those can go in other. Yeah, yeah, if we yeah, to. The, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, this it's just bigger. It's more. You know, mm-hmm. you're like okay. All right, we're in agreement. Yes. So everyone, thank you for listening. Anything you guys want to plug, Janet and Ange? Oh, um, we will have Neighbors Wisdom merch coming soon. A little mug and a, maybe a crew neck for you guys so we can all be cozy together. Yeah. Listening. listening. You know, I always have my coffee or my water when, when we record, so mm-hmm. we'll all be connected. Exciting. Listeners and recorders alike. Mm-hmm. Be a little family. Yeah. That's right. Daenerys Wisdom Familia. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say a little, little alert for you mm-hmm. guys. Bonus episodes are going to start coming out soon. <gasps> We're in the works for that. Um, the bonus episodes will be called, like, you know, I was just going to call it bonus episodes, but the bonus episodes will almost be like its own podcast within this podcast, right? Yeah. It'll be separate episodes uploaded, and it'll be called, I was, I was deciding what to call it, I was going to do champions. Nah, overused. Seven sages. I don't think there will be seven people. So it's just going to be the sages. Nice. Sages, the the mini podcast within the podcast where we talk about Zelda-related things, sometimes non-Zelda-related things. But I think you guys will be excited. It's There will be, be some good stuff coming. Just stay tuned, you know? Very fun. Very exciting. Very fun. Any parting words, Janet and Ange? No. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Janet's so genuine. (sighs) 
No, I'm just kidding, Janet. That was nice. Um, Thank you. Guys, uh, Skyward Sword. Oh, <gasps> let's talk about out. this real quick. Skyward Sword <laughs> is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. HD. But also the Age of Calamity DLC. But we haven't... There's not been much info about it. Like, not even a trailer or anything. So, actually, I don't even know if I'm going to buy it. But just uh, Zelda things to keep your eyes out for mm-hmm. listeners. And yeah, that's it. We'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.